Welcome to Self-Published Success, a show catered specifically to the innovators and entrepreneurs who sought creative control over their titles, chose self-publishing over traditional, and found overwhelming success in the process. In this show, we will introduce these risk takers and ask them a variety of questions. Why did you choose self-publishing? What were your results? And most importantly, what are some secrets to success? Self-published success is designed to get your creative juices flowing, to get you energized and excited for the road to authorship ahead. So sit back, grab your trusted pen and notepad, and get ready to gain tips that will help you along your own self-publishing journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Self-Published Success, a show that highlights forward-thinking authors who chose self-publishing over traditional and found success in doing so. My name is John Feldman, founder of Visionary Literary and your host for today's show. Our guest today is Tony Kitchens. Tony is an author, a speaker, a five-time founder, philanthropist, and a father. His book, The Gift of Pain, walks readers through the steps necessary to find success in life and in business, using his own story of coming from modest beginnings as a backdrop. Today, Tony tells us about his reason behind writing the book and how it has helped him in his business and in his life. Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me. And I'm looking forward to speaking with the audience. I hope that they get something out of our conversation today. I'm sure they will. So before we get into it, Tony sent me a copy of his book. Um, and for a self-published book, many of them, the interior contents, the cover file can sometimes be a little bit, we'll say sloppily put together or unprofessionally. Uh, yours is not. The interior, the exterior, everything about it, it looks and feels exactly the way a traditionally published book from HarperCollins would look and feel. So um, congrats on going through the extra effort. I'm excited to talk more about that and about its importance to you. But before we get started, tell the audience a little bit more about, about you, your background, and then what led you to want to write this book. Absolutely. I'm an entrepreneur. I've been one for 32 years now, Wow. and I'm 51 years old. So the majority wow. of my life, <laughs> I've been on this roller coaster, roller coaster that just never ends. And I grew up in Chicago, started a business, and I've just been able to enjoy and appreciate the challenges, the failures, the successes, just the entire journey of, of trying to be a better person every single day in business and in my personal life. And I didn't really make a conscious decision to write a book, John. I just closed the business in 2019. <clears throat> that business was in existence for 29 years. And I didn't close, I, I had to close it, but it wasn't my first choice. And we just ran into a situation where it was the end of the line for the business. It was a very, very difficult time. And everything I knew from a business standpoint, I had put into that business. And just imagine waking up tomorrow and your whole world is just different. And I had to figure out how to cope with that. I had to figure out what life meant without the life that I had had for 29 years. And then three months later, COVID came about. This wonderful little bug came about <laughs> <laughs> It made all of us sit down and sit still and be quiet. 
And at that particular point, I've been dealing with the fallout of closing a business, which is extremely difficult to do mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. And then we were forced to stay home. And I was still grappling with those two things. And I sat down one day with a laptop and I had to dig back and figure out how I was able to get through tough times in the past. And I just started really kind of creating a journal. I didn't have a direction I was going in. I just wanted to list examples of when life was really, really difficult, how I felt during those times and how I was able to get through them. And I just started typing and a hundred thousand words later, I had this, <laughs> this long Microsoft Word document. And I told my wife, I said, there's some good info in here, not just because I said it, but because as I look back, I think people would definitely be able to connect with these situations because most people have been through at least one of them. And that's when I started to really organize my diary, my journal into a book. And I finished that book. 353 pages. My editor cut out about a hundred pages. Yeah. You can tell John, I had a lot to say, <laughs> but that's how it started. I never intended to write a book at that time. Well, that's, that's incredible. And it, it, it's like a perfect storm of unfortunate events that sort of hit you in a few months. And I honestly can't imagine. Um, I mean, this company of mine has only been open for two years. I can't imagine having to just close it after two. So after 29 years of pouring your heart, your soul, everything into it, like you were saying at the beginning, and like you say in your book too, like the ride, the entrepreneurship ride, the business owner ride is never a smooth, steady, constant uphill. You know, from, from an outsider's perspective, it might seem like it is. Oh, you own a business. Oh, you work for yourself. That's great. Everything's fantastic for you. Good job. You were, you know, you hit the jackpot, but it's not. Um, anybody who you know owns or operates a business knows. Um, so after 29 years of of going going through that, overcoming the obstacles to just shut down your business, I imagine had to be very very difficult. And then to be like you said, um, locked in your house three months later because that little COVID bug came running around. Um, I can see why you had such a high word count because 100,000 words for a business book, for a memoir, um, that that's a lot of words. And obviously you had a lot of time and you had 29 years of experience just inside your one business. That doesn't even count going back to your childhood um, to put into it. So it's very unfortunate that everything kind of happened that way, but you were able to have the time to just sit and to let everything just pour out of you and on, into that Word document. Um, so you benefited, I'm sure, from a mental standpoint, kind of journaling like that. And then the reader obviously benefits because they get to hear your story. And like you were saying, they get to relate to a lot of it. Yeah, it was really therapeutic for me. I imagine. And yeah, again, it was just a situation where you search for solutions instead of focusing on the problem. And yeah. I'll tell you, John, that it was a blessing. It was one of that closing, having to close that business, despite several years of dealing with that and everything that comes along with it. We don't have to go into detail, but it's just so much that you have to deal with. 
I wouldn't change it for one second. Wow. I would not change it. I have to walk through fire. I still got some some burn marks on me. <laughs> but I wouldn't change it. Because I think the bigger story is that our lives, our lives are going to continue to progress. And they're not going to always progress in the way that we believe they are. Because especially as a business owner, every year you're hoping for progress. You're hoping for increased sales. You're hoping to, to gain new customers. You're hoping to grow. Right. And, you're, and you're looking toward these goals. And that's a good thing. But the journey, as we always hear, is way more important. So what did I become in those 29 years? So as I looked at that manuscript, as I looked at those words, I realized that I'm a really, really strong person. And then I'm able to deal with a lot of stuff that some people haven't gone through and other people have, but I'm so much better because of it. And the you and I wouldn't be speaking today if I still had that company. Because the amount of time that I put in every single day, 15, 16 hours, I wouldn't have had time during the middle of the day or any time to do a podcast. I wouldn't have had time to write a book. I wouldn't have had time to just speak to people around the world. My life would still have been what it was then. And I think, Johnny, you know, the, another important point is if we don't allow ourselves to change, life will change us. And that's the thing I think for you as a business owner, mm. that you're constantly evolving. And if you fight that, I wrote this train, John, until the wheels fell off. It ran off the track. It was just, I wrote it until it was just no more. And life said, it's time for you to do something different. And so for me, it was a blessing that I had to close that business. So I have no regrets. As far as closing the business is concerned, I don't look back. I don't have any sympathy for myself. I'm responsible as a business owner. But look what comes of it. You and I are sitting here talking. We're having a good conversation and other people are benefiting from that. That's an extreme gift in my mind. It is that you have such a positive outlook on what so many people would, you know, maybe dive deep into the bottle or into like deep depression again, after 29 years, but you, and it, it radiates in your book as well, but you're, you're always spinning things into a positive. So to take, again, to take 29 years of running your own business and make it a positive to say, look, what's come of it. I was able to write this book. And more importantly, what really stood out to me that you said is that you were able to go back and you were able to really see maybe from like a different perspective, but everything that you've gone through, you're able to see your own resiliency. And that for typically when we write these memoirs, right, these business books, we think that we like our circumstances can help others. It can help the reader. And that's important. But what you just said was really the, the first time that I've heard anyone say like, I, it helped me to go back and to read it and to realize everything I've been through and how tough I actually am. So another positive to take out of, out of you writing the book. Are you enjoying today's episode and hearing this author's stories? Just think a few short months or maybe years ago, 
this author was just like you. They were an aspiring author with a story to tell, listening to podcasts and reading books that could provide the spark needed to begin their authorship journey. But at some point, they had to take a leap of faith and they had to start their project. That leap of faith is what landed them here on our show. You too can be an author, and one day you can be on this very show, but you need to take that leap of faith. Go to www.visionaryliterary.com backslash free book to receive the spark you need to begin your own authorship journey. So there's one, another positive that I love that we started talking about before we hit record. And that was the fact that even I mentioned at the top, you mentioned it in your, in your bio, but being a father is very important to you. And that shows through in the book. I don't want to, you know, spoil, spoiler alert, but the very end of the book, a very, very powerful message um, to your son. And I love that. Your son also wrote your forward, which was fantastic. And for me, like as a father as well of, of a younger son who wouldn't be able to write a forward yet, but I love that idea. So tell, tell us a little bit more about that process of having your son write the forward and what it meant to you as the father. Yeah, what a great gift. I'm glad you mentioned that, Don. As the book, as the the words on the on the Microsoft Word pages became a manuscript. I just wanted to make sure that it was a family affair. And I sat down with my son and and we called him TJ, Tony Jr. I said, hey, TJ, I got a big favor. It's like, yes, dad, what is it? <laughs> I said, I would like for you to write the foreword for my book. And he took a pause and he said, Okay, all right, I'll give it a shot. And as I mentioned to you, I never read his forward until the book was actually done. And he recorded it too for the audio book. It's his voice. And he recorded it in a little closet in Puerto Rico where we lived at the time. So I never saw his words and never heard his words until I got a, a copy of the book in the mail, which was a long time later. And even on the audio book, my wife does an introduction. She has a great voice. So she was a part of the audio. My son was part of the audio book. And he wrote a song that plays behind his forward on the audio version of the book. And here's the thing, John, and, and I think this is important for you as, as the father of a seven-year-old and the other, other audience members is we go through life and we say to ourselves, we're doing this for our families. And you have to ask yourself every single day, is what I'm doing today really for my family? Or is it feeding my ego? And I'll tell you, as a business owner, I've had the experience to know a lot of other business owners, your peers, and the people you look up to. And I would ask them two questions, and this ties back to your question about my son how important it was. And I would ask these business owners two questions every time I got the opportunity to. One, what regrets do you have in life? And two, what advice would you give me as far as being a parent is concerned? Hmm. And the majority of the people I spoke to were older men. 
And here are the two answers that they gave me. One is they convinced themselves at some point in time in their lives that everything they were doing was doing, they were doing for their families. But as they look back, two and three divorces, mm. the kids can't stand them. Young kids, nor do old kids can stand them. They're miserable. They spend more time at work than they do at home because coming home is painful because they've created an environment where they're, they've missed out on anniversaries. They've missed out on birthdays. They've missed out on so much. But again, they convinced themselves it's okay because I'm doing this for the family. So as we grow businesses, we have to be very aware. And, and, and as we write books, we have to be very aware of the time that it takes away from your family. And if we're really doing it for our families, we need to keep them ever present in everything, every single thing that we do. And as part one of the chapters in the book, I don't want to give it away, but it was really dedicated to how my wife and I were able to sacrifice our time and, and business growth and everything to make sure that we gave our son everything that we could give him in terms of experience and knowledge and wisdom. And we did that. And it shows the product is there. But that's the other thing about, about the book is it was that's why it was so important for me to ask him to write the forward. And I was just stunned with the words that he put, that he wrote down. I was just stunned. Because you go through life and you just work, 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 and you give, 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 give. And you don't know if the kids really appreciate that until they're able to communicate it. So he communicated very effectively, and I was very touched by it. That is that is so nice. And that your son, we were saying before we hit record too. So like you said, it was a great piece. He's what, 19 years old. Uh, he's in college. He's writing his own music. He's writing a great forward like that. So like you said, the product is is shown. So congratulations to you and your wife. That's got to be an amazing feeling. And opening that book for the first time and reading that forward had to be very, you know, again, just an amazing emotional experience for you. So um, all great things. Congrats. And that is a really good point to make because we do, you know, whether if, if writing a book takes a lot of time, um, you know, most authors that you hear of, full-time authors, they hide away in their room for months and months at a time. Um, obviously, AI, chat GPT is making that a little bit easier, taking away some of that time. But um, it just focusing on on family is very important because you're right there. I couldn't imagine being one of those older gentlemen that you spoke with and just looking back and regretting everything and realizing that I was doing all of this for my ego and not really for my for my family. Yeah. Um, good. So a lot of what you just said, your wife being part of the audiobook, your son being part of the book and the audiobook, a family affair. If you were to go, you're a, a five-time founder, you're a speaker, you have a lot of philanthropists, you have a lot of experience, probably a lot of connections. I'm sure you could have easily reached out, done the work, gotten a literary agent and gotten published by a traditional publisher. You decided to self-publish. And if you went through a traditional publisher, it's highly doubtful that they would allow your son to write the forward, 
your wife to be part of the audiobook. So why why was it important other than those reasons for you to self-publish this book of yours? Here's something that's extremely important for your listeners and for you as well. Your book, your manuscript, your text is your intellectual property. I don't care if it's 30 pages or 3,000 pages. It's based on something that you've learned. It's based on something you've experienced. It's based on something that you've created in your mind. If it's fiction, it's your work. The experience that I have of being in business, especially with the first company, we dealt with the largest tech companies on earth. I'm not going to mention any names, but you can imagine who those are, all of them. And here's the thing that I would tell you is the experience that I brought to the book and why I chose to self-publish is a direct correlation to what I learned dealing with these huge companies. And that is this. You have no ownership unless you have ownership. It's mm. not yours unless you retain ownership. As I was determining after I finished the book and I sent it to an editor who happened to do copy for our website for our previous companies, really good person. And I sent it to Jara and I said, you know, during this time, I said, take your time with it because while you're doing, while you're editing, I'm going to look at, you know, different options and how to get this thing out in front of people. And I looked at the music industry. I looked at the industry that I was in and I asked myself, what's the end result when you have a product and you take it to somebody else and you have to ask them to get it out for you. you have to ask their permission. And when you have to ask people's permission, they're in a position of power. Right. And when other people in a position of power, that means you have very little power, if any. And here's what I would tell the audience about self-publishing, and it worked for me, it may not work for other people, is this. In the record industry, they used to have these deals called 360 deals where an artist who's very talented would go to a record label and they would sign them and they would do everything for them, distribution, marketing, studio time, everything. And the artist would be broke. You would see them on TV performing at the Grammys and they would literally be broke. Mm. And people would say, why? Was well, the same thing with authors. How is it that an author can publish a book and get 25 cent per copy? On a high end, get a dollar per copy. How is that even possible if the book is selling for $20? How is that physically possible? And here's the answer. There is, well, there are a lot of industries who set up infrastructure, the music industry, the big box industry. Well, they don't make any products whatsoever but they'll allow you to take your product and put it on their shelf, so to speak. Hmm. And they'll take the majority of the money because they're saying, well, your product is on our shelf. It's our infrastructure. You're not going to get sales unless you come through us. So I refuse to one, put my son's future in, in, in jeopardy, my future in jeopardy by creating this product 
and then putting it on a shelf and making no money off of it. Mm. One, I didn't want any publisher to decide whether my intellectual property, whether my life story was accessible to people through my book. That's not for anybody else to decide but me. So, John, that was the first concern. The second concern was I'm looking at these deals and thinking to myself, I started looking at the different platforms. I'm not going to mention any, but to give 55% of your the cost of your book to have it sit on a virtual shelf is absolutely ridiculous, right? right? One of the audio platforms, for you to keep 35% of your book sales and then to give away seven years of your intellectual property rights that they would own your intellectual property for seven years is absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from dealing with those big companies back in the day is, is they do a very good job of telling you that you won't be, be successful unless you work with them. So what I did was I said, it's my book, it's my intellectual property. I paid an editor, had a great graphics team to do the work. Mm -hmm. And then I said, I'll put it on my own website and I'll go through the effort to sell it. I'll go through the challenges of promoting it. And here's the thing, John, it's a highly profitable product only because I didn't release and relinquish control to other people. And that's so important because there should be no such thing as a struggling author. No such thing, because none of those platforms sell your book for you. They don't market it for you. Right. They just allow people to buy it after they've heard about it somehow, some way. Right. Because our job as authors to promote our own work. And if we're promoting our work, if it's our intellectual property, why should somebody else get 90% of the revenue from it? You have a kid, John, who's seven years old. When you look at your son's future and tuition and everything else, can you really afford, not afford cost-wise, but afford life-wise to tell your son, eh, nah, can't go there, can't have that. Why? Well, because this big box store has my book on the shelf and I'm giving them 90% of the revenue. You yeah. can't do that. So it's our responsibility as authors to take back the power and do the hard work ourselves to market and promote our books and profit from it. Because if you can't profit from your book, if you can't profit from anything you're doing, how are you going to be philanthropic? How are you going to provide for yourself and your family? How are you going to have the seed money to do the next book? Extremely important. So that's a business lesson that I would bring to the authors. That is you, everything that you've said there, I want to go back maybe like seven or eight minutes and just replay it all and just replay it again and put it on repeat because so many things that you just said there are, are critical. And it's what we try. So you mentioned IP, huge intellectual property. Like this is yours. This is your information, especially for you. This is your story and these are your circumstances and it's your business and your life that, that you're putting out there for you, right? If you want to go and, and maybe speak on this subject matter, it's your life. But if you turn over that IP for seven years to a company, 
that publisher can stake claim. They can say, well, you're going to go speak on this subject matter. Oh, cool. Well, we own that IP. So we want, like you were saying, the musicians at the Grammys who were, who were broke because cool, you're performing at the Grammys, but we own the rights to, and you know this more than I do, but like we own the rights to the song or the lyrics or whatever it be, but it's, it's such a valid point. And, and just today, 20 years ago, when you're publishing a book, it was like, it was different. Maybe you needed those outlets. You needed to have a, a traditional publisher to go through the, the resources. And, and back then they did, they put you in front of media outlets and they got you, you know, PR marketing, all that. They don't do it anymore. Now it's all on you anyway. So between the tools that we have to publish on our own, and the fact that marketing is all on us anyway, there's really no reason to spend the extra time, the extra aggravation. And like you said, ask somebody, can, can you publish my work for me? That just, that takes away um, every, everything. And so valid, valid points. Thank you for, for sharing all that. So you, you self-published, you're doing all this on your own. Um, what, what has the book, what else has it done for you, both business-wise and, and in your personal life? The, the, there are some stories that I shared in the book where at least details of the story that my wife doesn't even know. And, oh. and yeah, and it wasn't anything bad, but like, you know, after my mom passed, I really, I was very descriptive about just that whole time my wife wasn't physically there because I was in Chicago. My wife and son were back in Puerto Rico at the time, but she was able to learn some of the day-to-day -day things that I was doing and how it impacted me. There is a safety net in writing where you can put down words that are very difficult to say, and you can describe things in a manner that you may not be able to form the words that come out of your mouth to describe so again, it goes back to being very therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And I understood that. The the I wouldn't say scary thing is or was was when I was done and the, there was a book. And when everybody I know read it, my friends and family, just kind of anticipating that they would reach out to me and say, Oh. I didn't know about that. Or oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was that was a cool time in our lives. And just having the level of, of exposure of now walking down the street totally naked because you've shared these intimate stories, it's a little different. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just a little different. But what it does, John, though, is it empowers you to say it is what it is. And it gives you even more power to walk in your truth, to walk in who you are. And it's easier for me, I believe, to speak to other people, audiences, because you've taken down this, not persona, you've taken down this protection of your personality. So now people have read your book. They see you. They see that you were crying. They see that you were laughing. They see that you had difficult times and fun times. So now when you show up in person, you are who you are. There is not a persona anymore yeah. of what people think you are. They see you for who you really are. 
So that was a huge benefit. I think the other piece to that is, is people seem to take you way more seriously when you speak, when you're an author. Yeah. I still haven't figured that out yet because writing a book wasn't very <laughs> difficult, but I think in, in essence, I believe what it is, is a lot of people in life have goals and yeah. dreams and they just don't follow them. And for some people writing a book is one of those things. So if you've actually gone through the process of writing a book, people look and just say, at least, oh, at least that's one goal that you've accomplished. Good for you. Yeah. I think that's the other piece, John. Yeah. It's also, I think, too, like like you were saying, the, the kind of walking naked in the street thing, like you've shared everything. So you could, if you're reaching out to an event organizer without a book, you could say, hi, I'm Tony Kitchens, you know, in two or three paragraphs, like this is what I've done. This is what I can, can contribute. But like, there's, there's no validity there. So you can say, here's my book. And they're like, oh my God, like he's already, this is his whole story. He shared all this information. Okay. I get it. Like, okay. Now this guy, um, that's the credibility factor. So, uh, so it does help having a book, but you underplay the, you know, writing a hundred thousand words as not being hard. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't that difficult for you, but for, for some, Know, again, with AI and chat GPT, it'll be a little bit easier moving forward, but um, really excited. I'm glad that that it was so therapeutic for you. It means so much to you, this book, both from a family standpoint, from an ownership standpoint, and, and just therapeutic as well. So this is like a multi-layered benefit for you. And I'm really glad that, that everything panned out. Again, it's such a professional looking book. It's, it's, well edited. Well, it's a good, great read. So um, obviously going to place the link to that inside the show notes, but where else, what's next for you now after this book? As soon as I finished the book, I started another book. <laughs> good, good. And I have not worked on it probably in a year, year and a half because I go back to, to, to my business the business side of my brain, which is finish, make sure that the first thing you're working on is a success before you start something or finish something else. Yeah. I'd rather have one big success instead of two mediocre projects. Yeah. And it's still, the book is still in its infancy stages. I am, I am speaking to people around the world. The book opens the door, as you mentioned, the book also is the the book is an olive branch to people who may not look like you, who may not speak like you, who have born into different circumstances. It's a way to offer somebody a piece of yourself. And so I, I give my books out to people as gifts a lot of times when I meet them. Me. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And what it does is it says, Hey, John, you and I live in different places. We were, we were raised differently probably, but look at this. Let me just give you a glimpse into my life. And if you can pick out one lesson with you and your wife, one lesson for you and your son, one lesson for you and your family, then isn't that a win for all of us? Not just me and you, but everybody we come in contact with, because now we've broadened our horizons and we've listened to other people. And we've seen that 
wow, our circumstances were a little bit different, but we have the same hearts. And I think that's another thing that for all the authors out there, I think that's another thing that's extremely important that our work, our body of work, the effort that we put into these books, it's not just for status. Yeah. It's not just to have the, the word author behind your name. I don't even feel like an author, John, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. But the point is, is it's just one more way that we are able to show up and contribute to society in a positive way. And that's how I view my book. I love that. I love it. There's so much positivity again at, everyone has different backgrounds, different circumstances. And like you said, you you've written 350 some pages. If I can find one relatable thing inside of there, then that connects the two of us, regardless of background or of any other circumstances. So um, love that message. Where, where else can people find you? Can they, can they follow you on any social networks? Where do you want people to connect with you after the show? Absolutely. The primary place is through my website, it's TonyRKitchens.com. From there, you can find social links at the bottom. You can find access to the book at the upper right corner under shop. And everything I do through that site and through the social links, John, is very positive. I give a lot of good information on LinkedIn and YouTube videos and even Instagram. Just positive, good vibes for people. Because life is difficult as it is. And, and if we can tap into something every day that just gives us a little bit more inspiration and hope, then again, we're, we're better off for that. Excellent. I will place all that information inside the show notes for the listeners. Tony, thank you so much for sharing your story, for being so positive, so upbeat. I don't know how, after all that time, 29 years and everything that you've gone through, just being able to, to remain constantly positive. We need more people like you in the world. So I really, really do appreciate you coming on to the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And for the audience members, always remember these two things, that whatever you're going through, that this too shall pass. And the second thing is life is good, even when it isn't. Excellent. Great closing note. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, John. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Self-Published Success. We encourage you to put the tips and tricks you've discovered in this episode to use in your own author strategy. Please feel free to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on your preferred listening platform. Until next time, continue chasing your vision of authorship success.